Talking Sports program is brought to you by the Loaded Bases Podcast. This is New York. Everybody late. Everybody. First, I just want to say, uh, <clears throat> you don't need to clap. Let's, let's relax. Um, I, I, before we begin, uh, I have a, a little bit of a, a scratchy voice. Um, you know, uh, things got a little hectic on Saturday. I, I've had a scratch. I'm not going to get into the whole story, but basically, do not chain smoke. Uh, when, you know, when I drink, sometimes I like to, I like to uh, smoke a little bit. You don't really care, but. Just saying, I, I I got a little scratchy throat. So kids do not do not smoke cigarettes. They are very bad for you. I don't even really do do them, but do it. But you know whatever. Um, so that's why I have a scratchy throat. So bear with me for the episode. Another bit of uh, information. I'm sitting right next to Alessandro. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go, baby. So we when we first started, we uh, we used to obviously record in, in Alessandro's room, like. He is a like I mentioned on the show, like just so you guys know, he is an actual audio engineer. So he has a whole setup in his room. It was, it was perfect. Is is like he's got it. You obviously can't see when we have video. Maybe you'll see, but we have a huge monitor. We have like speakers. We have you know uh, um, an we actual have all like, the requisite recording. All the gear. yes, yeah. all, right. So when we switched, when we like during the pandemic. We had to adjust. I had to buy a mic. We had to do all this stuff. We figured it out. But now we're back. We're together. I have to sit next to him again. I mean, you know, it's right when the Delta variant's popping off, baby. Yeah, that's so, when we chose to do it. Yeah. So uh, I guess you know we'll see how long this lasts. But for now, we are back in action. Uh, the the in person chemistry is back. So oh. yeah, there you go. My, he put his hand on my leg. I don't know what that's about, but uh, no. Anyway, so all right. No, uh, okay, that's, uh, I'm gonna throw up. Enough, enough uh, banter. Enough, uh, enough. Uh, oh, and also one last thing. I, I do apologize. Uh, we're gonna have a. We're gonna try to have a shorter episode today because uh, somebody was late today for undisclosed reasons, and uh, Alessandro doesn't have a ton of time. So <laughs> it was really important stuff I had to do this morning. So anyway, um, we're right. driving to. Queens to get a fucking chicken puff. Yo, shout out to Fada. Best chicken puff. Best Hong Kong chicken puff out there. Let's go. Fada, shout out. But uh, but yeah, anyway, sometimes you got to get trapped to Queens. Anyway, <laughs> enough talking. We're going to start. We're going to jump right into it. Let's, Let's talk it. about baseball. All Let's right. Let's do it. So, start with the Mets. Start with the Mets. Start with the Mets. Let's start with the Mets. So, I guess uh, last time. I feel like you always have to adjust your expectations with this yeah. team. Yeah. Because last time we spoke about them, we were like, you know what? Uh, the fact that they didn't run away with the division tells you everything you need to know about this team. And I guess I didn't see that as a warning flag or red flag because yeah. it was like I kind of just knew. And I think I don't I can't, again, tap my the pulse on all Mets fans, but they were never great. Right. They were no. never that good. No. I think that it was. It's interesting because we didn't cover it really throughout the season because we took a break for a little while. But I think we were both saying it to each other privately that they've been playing like above their heads almost in a weak division because they weren't scoring a lot of runs. 
and the pitching was really getting the job done, especially with DeGrom, and now DeGrom's out until September if he even ends up pitching again this season. Is he going to pitch again this season? They keep adjusting the timetable. It's kind of looking like um, they're playing it by year every, like, two weeks. So they're, they, they said another two weeks. Word. Yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, it's just – I think it's – their offensive woes are a head-scratcher, obviously, because, you know, why is it – what was that stat that you put up today on Twitter? It was something like Willie Adamas oh, and dude, Ty Brantz right. would be, on. like, the best hitters on the Mets if you were to – if it were to be up so, to weighted runs, yeah. Creative. So I, I will read out the tweet that I that I tweeted out today because I was just I was. Just By the brutal. way, I screenshot that and I put it on Cohen's tweet. That's funny. <laughs> so so the tweet that I tweeted this morning, I think it was, is according to weighted runs created plus Josh Rojas, Ty France, CJ Crone, and Willie Adamas would all be the best hitters on the Mets this season, and no Mets hitter cracks the top forty. Pete Alonso. Uh, who's carrying the team, who, by the way, is kind of just playing at his level. He was 48th. He is the 48th best, and he's the Mets' best hitter in terms of weighted weighted runs, created plus. I also think that a, a big problem is that they've been losing to teams that are below 500. And I think when they split the series with the Pirates, that was when you started to begin, when you started to see the beginning of the end. And we don't know if the season, if that's it's a, That's end. a great point. But, that's a like, great point. I'm pretty sure. They could have used those wins now. If I'm not mistaken, they're 3-6 and six against the Marlins. They, that sounds not wrong, but I, that's, yeah. so that's not good. Well, well, <laughs> you know, well like before it. the before the Dodgers series, if you look at the Mets, they don't really discriminate based on record. Like yeah. they'll beat the uh, they'll they'll beat the Padres, right? They yeah. beat they they have more wins and then losses against the Padres this year. They have more wins and losses, I believe, against the Reds. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat good teams and then they lose to awful teams. So they don't discriminate. They just are. There's just no. I I don't know. But now that now they're just awful because now they're getting. You know, last night was a good game against the Giants, but they couldn't get the job done. And you know, you Stroman got the job. You look at this. Yeah, exactly. And Stroman's been really good all year. Um, and we'll get we'll get into him a little bit more later, I assume. But you look at the series. It's a horrible stretch. Also, the fact that they had to go from the East Coast to the West Coast with no day off in between. Baseball wasn't doing them any favors there. They, but you they, also didn't yeah. think that like they were going to be in this position come this time of the season. And you look at the you look at the upcoming schedule. I think there's six games remaining. Can they even get a win in this? I think they can, I think they can get at least one win. But then you're looking at them going like how what one in twelve over that so, stretch. So uh, let me let me uh, just throw some numbers out here if I may real quick. So they're 0 and 5 in their last 5 games. Uh since August 1st, they are 4 and 12. Yeah. And in terms of um in terms of uh weighted on base average, like just uh or no, excuse me, in terms of in terms of runs per game, sorry. In terms of runs per game. Do you know where the Mets rank in baseball in terms of runs per game? Second to last. Yes, I, you, I think you're fucking peeking at my notes. <laughs> no, 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 I got it right here. Oh, that's so that's funny. Second, until, it's supposed to say second to last. That's second funny, last. yeah. and Only ahead of the well, Pirates. Well, no, they're, they're, they're ahead of uh, Texas and the Pirates, but yes, they're third so they're to top, last. They're third to last now, okay. So, okay. I mean, and, and Pir- the Pir- I mean, uh, um, uh, Texas just stripped themselves of Gallo, so it's Which, like, by the way, I'm not really sure, I know we're getting off topic a little bit, I'm not really sure 
why Texas traded Gallo. He had a year of control left. But we'll hold that thought. Hold that thought. Because okay, we will, yeah, we'll get there. My but <laughs> but but basically, I mean, just and well, I guess there's just not a whole lot to say. I guess we'll end with a, with the question. I think really, a lot to say, but yeah. well, there is, there is a lot. There is and there isn't because there, there there it's very simple and it's very complicated. It's like, you know, you can ask all these questions, but it really boils down to: Do the Mets have enough? To are they done? Are they cooked? Are the Mets cooked I right think now? They are. Well, let, let me let's get it. Let's yeah. dive right in, right? Yeah. So, you have uh, Carrasco coming back, like you know, he's he's rehabbing essentially in real time. Yeah. You have Syndergaard, who's essentially going to be a bullpen piece, and you have the, an, a virtually an entire Mets offense who has been asleep all season. Yeah. And I think it's more likely that you have some of these guys wake up, like McNeil and Conforto and Dom. It's more likely that they wake up than than they don't. I think they're regressing to the mean with them be being great major league hitters, but it's like it's. I mean, we have what forty something games left. Like, 42. when is it? When is it going to happen? Um, and the pitching, yeah. if you even if you get Degrom back, your pitchers are only going to get more tired. Yeah. So, and it's not like they have any like crazy reinforcements coming. So I I also think that they are cooked. I, I don't I don't see a way that they. I mean, maybe they rally. Maybe they maybe the, the team chemistry is terrific. But I don't know. It's hard to see. The, the season went by really quickly, and it, August is always a weird time because you're you're kind of, you know, waiting. You 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 don't realize how fast the season's gone by, and then you're kind of waiting for your hitters to wake up, and then you realize it's the middle of August, and are they going to wake up? And I'm not sure if they are. And it, or it either that or they've just it's it's too late. Where that if they do wake up in the second week of September, they might already be five, six games out of it, and you don't know what the Braves have on their schedule. You don't know what the Phillies have on their schedule. Their pitching hasn't been, you know, stellar, and their offense hasn't been able to, you know, sub- supplement and support that, you know, lackluster pitch. Not lackluster, but you know what I mean. Middle of the road pitching. Stroman's been really good, but with the loss of Degrom, it's a big deal. But then you ask yourself, why is this happening? And you know, you look at the trade deadline. Rich Hill was given up by the Rays, a team that's going to the World Series. He does not have a curveball. His curveball is finished, and it was largely uh, speculated. Rich Hill's been okay. He, well, I think the other day he had a he had a poor start, but I had to go back and actually look at it. Um, but he hasn't pitched great, and and the thing is, is that once you take that curveball away, now he's becoming more of like a one inning guy because he he in that game the other day, if I remember correctly, he had a really good first time uh, through the order, and then after that, it was finished. And, and his curveball is flat, there's no break on it, and it's been that way since he's gotten to the Mets. And a lot of people think that, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not like accusing him of anything because every single pitcher was doing this, but a lot of people think that the reason why the Rays gave him up is because his curveball benefited a lot from using, you know, certain substance on the ball, and therefore... Well, his curve spin is still in the 80th percentile. So it's not like gone. It's but that, just, it's, that's based it's on the whole. That's less. based on the whole year, though. I'd like to see what it was since he's gotten to to City Field. I don't know if we can find that. Yeah, because it hasn't been great. It's what, from what I was watching, it was staying like down the middle. I just and I just wrote that down. I mean, maybe he and I also heard he like, just didn't control I heard, uh, it that game. I heard Ron say something about because I why I, 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 I don't really I, I haven't I mean. Let me put it this way. I assumed his curveball wasn't going to be, you know, the stellar curve course, it was yeah. with the He's Dodgers. 41. Right. But as far as him being a serviceable pitcher, I think that's that's what was advertised. And I think that's what you're getting. Uh, as far as stretching him out multiple innings, yeah, that's not something, you know, I think they're going to do. But I think the biggest 
problem this season is not even going to be the Mets. It's going to be the, the emergence or the resurgence, I would say, yeah. of the Braves. Yeah. Philly, I was in Philly last weekend uh, for the Mets series, mm-hmm. and I was talking to a bunch of Phillies fans, and they were all telling me basically like, you know, the Braves, like Philly is not a threat. They all feel that way. Yeah. They do not feel that Philly's a threat, and I happen to agree. I think that even though Harper's been amazing as of late, and he's put himself really up there in the MVP candidate, uh, you know, converse, not even conversation. He's a he's a candidate now. But now he's falling off a little bit. But yeah. Well, right, and that's yeah. the thing. The Braves, the 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 Phillies won eight in a row to, yeah. to get to first place. They're gonna cool down. Like yeah. they're the, the Phillies are not yeah. a great. Yeah, they're not yeah. a good agree. team. I agree. The who else is there like to worry about? The the the. Braves, yeah, that's who you're worried about. They have Morton. They have Freed. Enoa just came back. Enoa had an amazing start to the season, if you if you remember. And then he punched a wall or that's a That's who I was cooler. talking about before. That's right. Yeah. Right. So and he and then he just came back. Darno just came back. Yeah. They they you know and they added Jot Peterson. They added Peterson, they, they added Solaire, Solaire, they added Rosario, they added Duval. So they did a lot. And they could have they could have cashed it in and they didn't do that. And that's why I put the spotlight back on the Mets and what they did at the deadline. Well, there was a report that said that actually that that the it just came out like a day or two ago that Bryant was. This is what we were kind of talking about. Bryant, they the Mets, the uh, the Cubs did not want what the Mets uh, were offering for Bryant, and but wait, the Mets were the Cubs. Basically, every other team that was in the running for Bryant, who eventually the. Giants eventually got him. No team was offering their top five prospects for Brian. Okay, but hold on. Wait, let's let's go. So let's think about this for one second. Then. No team was offering a top five prospect for Brian. Okay. For half a season of Brian, which I which I kind of get. He's, he's having a good season, much better season than Bias is offensively. And then the Mets gave a top five prospect for Bias in a first round draft pick. They gave a top seven, I think, pick. But I thought he was I thought he was their number five ranked prospect. No, I don't think he's their number. Okay, five. well, we got, regardless, they gave him a top a first Even, round. Yes, pick. but but you have to understand and, though, I don't think I don't think that anybody considers Pete Crow Armstrong like a top five level talent prospect. Okay, I understand that, but still, like the the, he, the Cubs he, are going to say no, we don't want Pete Crow Armstrong for Chris Bryant. But hey, we'll take him for uh, Javi Baez. I think so because I think that the giant, what the Giants offered, they, I mean, but they Chris took Bryant's first. been having a better season than Javi. And Baez. also, you have to understand that the better past few you have seasons. To, you have Baez. to understand too. Bryant went first, like he was the priority. So once Bryant's gone, you'll take, you'll take a Pete Crow Armstrong. But Baez, uh, Bryant went last. No, I'm pretty sure. Well, okay, I'm, I actually Bryant went last. Rizzo was the first one. Then it was Baez randomly because nobody thought Baez was going to get moved, and then it was Bryant. Okay, well, actually, yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure the timetable when, when things happen, really matter, but honestly. I just all I know is that <clears throat> the the Dodger the Giants preferred the prospects, or the the, the Cubs the prefer Cubs, the Giants. Yeah, the Cubs prefer the but Giants. But they're low prefer. A guys who weren't really on anybody's or weren't on the Giants I, I radar. Really. And, and I understand I, that other teams like find. I just don't understand. I mean, like, it's so hard to look at prospects or, like, so, from, a, from an here's article. The deal. You you trade for Bryant, right? And then you have the opportunity because of how he's been playing this year, right? He's been having a much better season than Baez. Then he realistically Baez is makes not having sense. a bad year, though. He, he's not having a bad year, but it, we, it, his offense in terms in, in comparison to Bryant is like it's not comparable, really. It's not, and and his strikeout numbers are ridiculous. I know that doesn't really matter anymore, but 
Yeah, the, it, it, the it guy has the guy usually has like a below average like weighted runs created plus, and if he doesn't, it's like one hundred and five or something. If I remember correctly, and I'm not looking at the numbers, I don't know if he's I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull them up. Um, eyes, but but I, my, my main point is is that Bryant fits the needs of the team. He's a power hitting third baseman who can also play the outfield, and you lock that guy up once you trade for him, right? He's like what thirty years old, around there. You lock that player up. Are you gonna lock up Baez? Well, no, I, I, I mean, I don't I, think so. I, I, I don't I, think I, bias makes sense. And then what happens when if you don't lock him up? When Lindor asked you to get him on the team, when they're both hurt, maybe bias is feeling down. Now this is pure speculation. Bias is feeling down. Lindor's like, no, it's all good, bro. We're like, we're we're still together. Like it's all good. And then the Mets don't offer him a contract. That's going to make Lindor happy. I don't think so. Well, and Lindor's somebody think, who has a new team for the next ten years. I do think that it's the scary. Mets. I do think that it's 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 very easy it's to say. I think that basically <clears> right because. How do I put this? The deadline, it's so easy to go back and be like, oh, well, a team should have done this. A team should have done that. Because we don't really know, again, like who is available. But it's it's very difficult to imagine that there were deals that the Mets didn't take. Or, or that there weren't deals that the Mets didn't take. Because they didn't want to pay a heavier prospect cost. The division, I still believe, if the Mets can find some sort of way to like scuffle through the, you know, the, the, uh, injuries i still think whoever wins the division it's going to be by like four games so if if you could yeah, if that's you why could right have, now it's scary though if you could have you know gotten somebody at the deadline and again i i, I want to make this clear it's so easy for us to just say this we don't 100 percent know who was available of course not what teams you know were really just being ridiculous but you can judge costs. you can judge sort of i mean i think that if chris bryant is available you you make it happen you unless it's something egregious, right? And it, that's possible, right? That's possible. So you're you're trading. But like, wait, hold on, hold on, just real quick. Just listen to me, right? It's possible that the Cubs were asking for something egregious for Bryant, right? But when we look at the package for that the Giants gave up, it's not that egregious. So I think that the Mets could have overpaid a little bit and gotten Bryant, and they didn't do that. And I think it's easy to judge that when you look at the package that the Giants gave up. Those are two nice prospects that the Cubs saw value in. The Mets could have been like, what do you want for Bryant? And as long as it wasn't egregious, which again, I don't think it was based on what they got from the Giants, then the, I don't The know. only issue, though, with the Mets system is that it's so top-heavy. It's like beyond the top, you know, six or seven prospects. It's Hold like on. a huge – it's like you're either giving up like – I don't want to say blue chip because the Mets, I don't think – I think maybe the Mets have maybe one blue chip prospect. Yeah. But if you look at their top seven prospects – You're right. It's Francisco Alvarez, yeah. Ronnie Mauricio, Matt Allen, Brett Beatty, JT Ginn, and then Khalil Lee, who, yeah. who they got from I, – I remember they got him from the freaking Andrew Benintendi deal randomly. Yeah. And then it's like Mark Vientos, and then it's like nobody. So – I, that's what I think. That that's where I think what I think happened. Where, where you're right, coming. you're right. And what I'm going to say might be a little far fetched, but I think it's whatever GM comes in next year because I believe Zach Scott is an interim GM unless he comes back next year. Whatever. So we if it's know, Zach yeah. Scott or somebody else, right, yeah. that comes in, a big part of their job is going to have to be over the years to revamp the farm system and to develop it and to get you know do as much as you can to, you know, spruce it up a little bit. Because, yeah. again, like you said, it's top-heavy. But in the immediate, when your team is in first place for 90 games, when the division is handed to you on a silver platter. That could have been. Totally I mean, it been, was, yeah. no, it was handed to them. I mean, it's it's arguably the worst division in the league right now. 
Not saying generally speaking. Right now, this year, it hasn't been a good. It hasn't been a good division, and the Mets were it could have cruised, cruised the rest of the regular season. Had this little rough patch here, but the, but still would have been able to create enough headroom to make it to the playoffs. And if you add a Chris Bryant and get back a Jacob Degrom, and you have Francisco Lindor come back, who maybe you could run into another hot streak, even though he hasn't hit all season, then you're talking about something. But I, anyway, I think it, my main point is that I think it's the general manager's responsibility. One, to get the player that best fits your needs, which was Chris Bryant. And two, throughout the years, to also spruce up the farm system. That farm system is not going to get better in the span of one year. So if you have to give up like two or three of those top guys or give up somebody who maybe isn't on anybody else's radar but you have value in, <clears throat> you got to do it. So if you're the – just we'll wrap, I guess, with this, and then we'll move on to the Yankees. But so if you're – if let's say the Met, the Yankees were in the Mets' shoes, right? Like just, just replace the Yankees with the Mets, same situation. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much were. You almost. give up like Austin Wells or Gill or someone like that for uh, half a season of Chris Bryant? If we needed a third baseman? If I mean, just that's just the same situation. I yeah, mean, I would. Okay. All right, yeah. at least you're consistent. But also, the thing is, okay, but if you were to put it in the exact same shoes as the Mets, so the farm system would also be depleted. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would still do it. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Now, so let's move on to the Yankees. And I, I, I'm saying I, I'm saying I would too, honestly. Because I like before we, I guess, just yeah. one last thing. But we, we said this last time. You have to ask yourself what's more likely, right? What Would it have been more likely that Chris Bryant – continues to be the borderline MVP candidate that he is going to be? Or six years down the line, will Mark Vientos be a serviceable or great major leaguer? But are we worrying about six years down the line? Because well, that's, the, the, well, the that's Mets, my point. The that's Mets my point. have a window, I think, to win. Um, I, I think it's beginning to open when you have players like DeGrom, who's getting older, Alonzo, under contract. Know. What? Beginning to close, no? Yeah, beginning to close. But I think that you, you it was open, but the... There was so much dysfunction. Their window is weird. I can't. I yeah, can't it's, gauge it is. It is because weird. they have. But listen, yeah. you have Alonzo under contract, McNeil under contract, um, Conforto. Um, Conforto is going to be a free agent this year. Who knows what happens uh, yeah, with that? Yeah. Maybe you guys get lucky and are able to bring him back on like a short-term deal, so he can like revamp. Oh yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I just don't think Conforto is like the difference maker that we all thought he was at one point. Like, like in terms of like the the. I'll tell you. Well, no, no, no. I, well, we'll we'll get into that next time. All right. Anyway. Let's let's we're, move we're on. Pretty good on time. Um, it's all good. We'll anyway, well, you mentioned heel. It's heel, by the way, not Gil. I thought that too. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's yeah. heel. So <clears throat> the Yankees have totally turned things around on a on a on a bright note. Yeah. Right. Um, they were nine and a half games back of Boston uh, in the beginning of July. Now they are tied with Boston uh, for second place. Or no, they actually technically have second place. Boston, while they're tied with them, has a worse winning percentage. Because they're one back in the loss column. So I guess they're technically like a half game ahead of them. Um, and they're also tied in a three-way tie for the first place spot in the wild card. And this is very exciting. This might be one of the greatest Yankee comebacks that we've seen in history. I'm very excited. I am very excited. Now, I also, real quick before we get into everything, just want to say two things. Number one, shout out to Clint Frazier. Um, pulled himself out of the game the other day. And then Aaron Boone said that when a reporter asked him if he's ever going to play again, Boone just flat out said he doesn't know. That oh, yeah. yeah. Tragic and heartbreaking. What? No, no. I, was, I mean, that is that is uh, really tough to hear. Um, I did know that because you told me this today, and that does is awful. And also, just more – I just wanted to, before we forget, more injury news. Uh, 
uh, Luis Severino. Oh yeah, got. Yeah, well, yeah, why don't yeah, you yeah, why yeah. don't you go ahead? Well, I'm not gonna lie. I when I saw the news, I kind of just like looked away, so I don't know a lot about it. But we actually don't really know a lot about it. He's getting a second opinion. He got a really he got a. Uh, Where's the injury? Do we um, know? I don't think they said. They just he just got an MRI that did not look good, and it's kind of doubtful that he's going to play again this season. No, I will say they didn't say. And he got say, a second opinion. They didn't say it didn't look good, but you can read between the lines. Yeah. The reporter asked Boone what the MRI said, and Boone said he's not going to speak on it until he gets a second opinion. So we're waiting on the second opinion, but he's not pitching for next week. <clears throat> so that's not great. And I was going to get into that later because that that deals with more of like the Yankees' playoff chances and stuff like that. But. Well, basically, much. he did. He said he didn't feel right in his warmups. And if you're not if you're not even feeling right in your warmups, that's bad. And it's unfortunate because he was pitching really well um, over the past few weeks in his rehab starts. Anyway, so when the Yankees went out and they got Gallo and they and it was got shoulder Rizzo, tightness, by the way, shoulder tightness. Okay, that's not good. No. That's not good um, because right now Herman is also on the IL with shoulder mm-hmm. inflammation, and you know how long that shit can take. That, 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 those are just one of those nagging injuries. You can be back in a week or two, or you can be back after like two, three months. Um, anyway, so when the Yankees got Gallo and Rizzo, uh, obviously I think everybody was excited. But did we think that it was going to have this type of turnaround? The Yankees have been 14-4 and four since the trade. Not going to lie, I kind of did. Really? Well, I'm I'll tell you this. Lie. I think that when you add left-handed bats to a lineup, this shouldn't be rocket science, it creates stress for an opposing team's manager because what happens you have a three batter minimum rule the other day i can't remember exactly who it was it might have been hansel robles um but, Hansel Robles. but uh cora brought in a relief pitcher to face um i think it was odor who was left-hander to get him out but then the next thing you know stanton's getting up to pinch hit who's a right-hander so now what you're doing is you're creating this balance. You don't have a lineup that's fully right-handed, which was the main one of the main issues, I think, for the Yankees for the first half of the season. That lineup was right-handed heavy. And Cashman's yeah. excuse was, well, look, I'm not going to have a left-handed bat if I have a right-handed uh, batter who's better than the left-handed batter. I'm not going to replace him for that. And I get that, but you need to have balance in your lineup. So you went out and you got Gallo, and you got Rizzo. Now Rizzo's been down with COVID, and also the Yankees got wrecked with COVID. Shout out to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which hasn't been doing dick for them. Garrett Cole was out. Uh, Montgomery was out. Um, a bunch of – Gary Sanchez was out. Uh, so – and Judge was out, obviously. Um, so they've been playing injured, yet they still went 14-4. and four. Now, Heal – I have it on my phone uh, – is the first baseball uh, – first player in MLB since 1901 to – uh, not allow zero runs in his first three uh, games. I mean, I'm sorry, let me say that again. Heel is the first player in history since 1901 to not allow a run in his first three starts and record at least 15 or more strikeouts. He's averaging 12 Ks per nine. So he's been a fucking blessing. And I don't think this is Debbie Garcia. No offense to Debbie Garcia. Debbie Garcia was not stellar in any of his outings he would always let up some runs he you know and and, and he was kind of r- i mean I, I, if you remember and he, he was, was also rushed, rushed he was rushed system. now heel was rushed too heel had only started in low a ball then he got promoted to double a and then he didn't even start for them and they called him up yeah. but he looks like the real deal so that's exciting losing severino is going to be a problem but i'll ask you nick the yankees have done themselves a little bit of a hole um 
they have a big series. They have a game tonight against the Red Sox. Then they have a big series coming up against the Athletics next week. Four-game series. But while they're tied in the three-way tie for first place in the wild card, the Blue Jays are kind of right on their ass. And 10 of the last 31 games for the Blue Jays are going to be against the Orioles, who are the worst team in baseball. So, or at least in the bottom three. So, I'll ask you. One, do you think they make the playoffs? Two, how far do you think they can go in the playoffs? Uh, okay. That's a... Oh, I'm sorry. Do you think they make the playoffs? Two, if they do, how far do you think they go in the, play- in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I will try and be as thoughtful with this answer as possible. <laughs> Just completely putting me on the spot here. Um, all right. So... If you look at okay, so assuming assuming let's see, just looking at their roster right here, assuming the first of all, by the way, just how how is Albert Abreu? Is he a factor at all? Yeah, or? he's a factor, and he's because uh, they, they he's he has got like, a he had like save. no more options. Like. Yeah, he he's not. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, he just came up super clutch in the absence of Britain, who pulled himself out of a who didn't pull himself out, but he told Boone not to put him in the ninth inning uh, for the time being because he has not pitched well. Um, although Boom did use him in a spot against one batter the other night, and it was a it was a good move, but uh, Abreu uh, got a save in Britain's spot in Britain's spot the other night. Abreu's a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher. Okay. He's so, not. He's young, but in the next few years he's going to be really good, and he's definitely someone that you can rely on this year. Okay. So, but he will have a blunder. So let's just let's just go through, let's just go through what a playoff series would look like. Game okay. one is cold. Yes. Right. So, game one cold. I know I'm working backwards here, but I, that's because this has just always been the Yankees' bugaboo, which is like they get there every year, no matter what, and then it's Pitching like pitching is the, definitely going to be the X factor for them this year. But I will say before you continue, since the deadline, and mind you, a lot of their pitchers have been down. They have an ERA of two ninety four. Okay, it's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Very good. All right, so it'd be cold. Then I would imagine. Montgomery at game two? I would say either Cole. I think it's going to go Cole, Montgomery. Yeah. Tyone. Tyone. Kluber. If he's back. If he's back. But I, it lo- it's looking like he's going to be back. Um, I think actually this week. Um, and then. And then. And then. It would bullpen be, game. And then it or just back to Cortez, Cole. who has pitched extremely well. I think it would be a combination of Cortez and Heal. Cortez has had a great season. I fucking love this guy. I love this guy. He has come up so big for them all year as a starter. He have you watched him pitch? I have. I have. He changes his his windup and the way that he throws. So he'll throw overarm, then he'll throw three quarters, then he'll throw sidearm. He'll do these little pauses on the mound. He's just a straight but he's a really like gritty pitcher. And he's gotten the job done, and he's won big games against good teams. So not yeah, Nestor Cortez. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm excited to see him in the playoffs. So it's gonna be a, it's risky running them out there. My, my point is though, yeah. my point is is that their starting pitching, I think, for it's the thin. playoffs is fine. Actually, I think it's fine. It's a little thin. Well, I mean, yes, but it, I'm just saying if you had to have yes. a, a five game series, yeah. that the start that yeah. group is fine. Yeah. Then you pair that with the offense that is. Clearly rejuvenated is definitely more deep. There, it's definitely there is more balance. Um, I think that 
that gives you just as good a shot. Let me give you. I think the yeah. bigger thing. Just let me just finish. I yeah. think the bigger thing that's in your way is just the A's. I think the the way that you're going to get to the playoffs is just you have to beat the A's. Yeah. The A's are fan fucking tastic. They are a really good team. They've got terrific offense. They've got a deep lineup. They just added Marte. They just added depth with Harrison and uh, the Brazilian catcher whose name escapes me real quick, um, Jan Gomes. They have a deep bullpen. They have a deep starting pitch, starting staff. Uh, everything like they're just so good. They're just so well rounded. Uh, I think pound for pound, they're probably better for, than the Yankees right now. And so I think the Yankees, if the Yankees keep you know performing like Luke Voigt shows that he's still healthy and Garrett Cole continues to get you know stay healthy and Gary Sanchez continues to have a great season and offensively, then. It's interesting, but I think the A's are going to be the the wall for the Yankees. I agree. And the Yankees are going to play a four-game series against them next week, and that's going to tell us a lot. And that's kind of like a do-or-die series. That might be one of the biggest series of the year. And you're right. The A's are really good. But let me give you the Yankee lineup when Glaber Torres is healthy, and, and he's going to be healthy for the playoffs. This is the Yankee lineup. It is. LeMahieu, Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, Gallo. Voight, Gary, Glaber, Urshela. Yeah, no, that's that that's is a, the most insane fantastic. line. That might be the greatest lineup of all time. I'm gonna say it again: Lemayhu, Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, Gallo, Voight, Gary, Glaber, Urshela. Yeah, no, I that's mean, they're, crazy. They're, they're fantastic. So that that that. I mean, that's what Brian Cashman talks about when he says, "If everybody's healthy, we have a fully loaded Death Star." That's the, that's the Death Star right there. And this team has not been healthy over the past few years. We have not been able to see this team at full strength in the playoffs. And that excites me. The other thing is, this the Yankees can only control what they can control. So they've won the, the five games in a row. They've gone 14-4 and four since the deadline. But the Rays have just been beating up on bad teams. And they've been winning just as much as the Yankees have. So they haven't really been able to gain any ground on the Rays, even though they've been able to gain ground on the Red Sox. However, that does not mean that they cannot gain ground on the Rays. So I think while the Yankees are focusing on just winning game after game after game, unlike the Mets, because the Mets are four games out, three and a half games out, but they haven't been hitting, right? The Yankees haven't been hitting, weren't hitting at the beginning of the year. Now they are. The Mets haven't been hitting. Because of that, we think that the division might be harder to grab for the Mets, but it's still possible. I still think that the division could be a possibility for the Yankees. I don't think they should be focusing on that. I think they should just focus on no, winning, win, win, win as much as you can. Now, it's also interesting because the Yankees, I'd be interested to see where they are on the list of runs scored per game because they are, are 44 and 23. They are 44 and 23 in games decided by, one, uh, by two runs or fewer. 44 and 23. That means half of the games that they've played this year, almost half, actually a little bit more than half of the games that they've played this year, have been decided by two runs or fewer. So the Yankees are not scoring a ton of runs either. Now, when Rizzo comes back, which he's going to be back tonight, that's going to change a little bit because Rizzo's unbelievable. Also, real quick, because we just have to talk about this. Did you see what Voigt said? Wait, no, sorry, I just, to answer your question, the Yankees are 20th in baseball. In okay, exactly, so they're 20th. So it's not like they're... So we're about 4.2 And that's not, that's well under what they were expecting. And what they should be. Yeah, yeah. what they and should the be. same with the Mets. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. And the same thing with the Mets. But the Yankees have won those games, though. 
That's my point. They've got 44 and what's and weird, yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, you I, I, think, I think you remember this, and not to just completely jump shit, but the Mets were winning those close one-run mm-hmm. games, too. They were winning with that AAA team. Now they're, they're like, healthy, exactly. the team. That, so it, it's exactly. so funny how these things are uh, really come down to chemistry and and just being a ball club, like, just getting it done. Like, I, they're, they're get. I don't know. I think it was real quick, just to go back to the Mets real quick, and then we'll, we'll finish up. I think that the comments from the GM and the comments from Cohen do not help. But yeah, at the I, same yeah. time, they don't. I don't think they help you in the future. But they could light a fire in making themselves the villain. That group is so and the Mets. How the have one, something the, to like prove? The but I don't think thing, it helps long term in terms of like free agency. And well, stuff like the that. one thing, yeah, can't. Well, can't help. That's for yeah. sure. The one thing I will say about the Mets group is that they are clearly such a tight bunch. Yeah. They're they're friends. They like that. You could tell they like love each other, and that's gotta help. Um, and so I do think that the same reason why I felt like the Yankees could get that extra jolt, like that's sort of what they needed, because there's really I know that this is not like a quantifiable reason, but it just made so much sense to me. Like this is such a good team. Like why are they underperforming like they are? And then you the the team comes in and brings two. Very, very extremely respected players around the league to come in. That's got to excite everybody and give them, you know, a rejuvenated sense of, like, coming to work that day. Exactly. The Mets got Baez, who, like, I mean, I'm not saying, like, I'm sure that helped. But, like, he immediately got hurt. He did, he kind of started off cold. The, the team continued to struggle. They lost DeGrom. Like, these are not excuses, obviously. And I hope that's not what it sounds like. But... Uh, all I know is that the Mets are, you know, I, I would bet that, that this honestly feels more realistic than what was happening before. The Mets, I think this is, right? I, I, it feels more realistic because of what they've been, but I think we had higher expectations. Oh, for sure. Well, I, I'm really talking adjusted wild, expectations think, after like, you know, and I uh, think, May or June. I think what you said before is on point when you when you say that you know this isn't quantifiable but when you bring in somebody like Rizzo when you bring in someone like Gallo guys that are well known around the league and then they start performing as well on your team that's going to give a jolt to your squad Francisco Lindor was was uh, brought in by the Mets and he didn't hit and this is a guy who's well respected around the league and so now when he's not hitting I think that there is this subconscious energy that starts going around like all right our guy's not hitting that means we, you know, we got to kind of like pick up the slap. Puts more pressure on the other players. It's hard to then sustain. Start, exactly, yeah. it's hard to sustain. And Lindor hasn't hit all year. Now, real quick, because I wanted to bring this up, I don't want to forget about it. Actually, wait. I'm sorry. Can yeah. I just cut yeah, you yeah. off real quick, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I'll give you? Yeah. Just uh, the reason why I was. I, this is something I learned firsthand. When I coached a team, I remember when we first started. I got all the kids that were sort of like you know signed up late. They didn't really know each other. All the other teams in the league played together for years, so I could tell the energy was like. You know, we didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. Then we started playing together, and then we Some got the bad news bears over well, here. <laughs> well, we got a couple kids, and I remember this so distinctly. We were like playing with a short amount of kids. We didn't really know what we were going to be. These two kids show up. I get a call. They're like, "Hey, these two kids, man, like they're really good. They want to join your team. They signed up late." I cannot when that, when those kids were doing batting practice, and the rest of my group saw how good they were. On this fourteen-year-old kid. Biggest kid we on the team. We got Gallo and Rizzo. We got Gallo and Rizzo. These, this 14-year-old kid, I'm not going to say his name, obviously, but like he was hitting freaking moonshots. 
it, 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 it rejuvenated the group and it gave them like a, and we ended up winning, you know, we were like, I think 500 or something in the end of the year. We made the playoffs, but we were like, oh, nice. yeah, but we like, we like, it was like this extra jolt. And me and my friends who were coaching were both like, oh yeah, like this is, this is great. So that's all I'm saying is like, I, that, it, it, from a human perspective, it makes sense when you add talent the guy's got to be looking around the clubhouse being like, yo, we got Rizzo. Yeah, exactly. I know. So yeah, that's now, now that's a good, it's a good transition though to what I was going to say because the Yankees did get Rizzo. But have you seen, did you see what Luke Voigt said? No. So Voigt is pissed. Um, I mean, but, I, I guess but, I can but guess why. He's also been like super respectable, like respectful about it, which I love. So he's not, not speaking his mind. But he's also saying like that he understands because basically what happened is Voight got hurt. He missed, you know, the, the, ma- yeah, the majority of the season. Yeah. And, you know, Rizzo was there and the Yankees took it. And Voight's like, I deserve the playing time. I know what I've done for this team. You know, I'm just as good as Rizzo. He said that. He's like, and he, you know, and that, that's what he said. But he's like, but I understand, you know, I got the injury bug and the team had to make a move, you know, that they right. thought was best for them. But what I would say to him is, yo, it's all good. They didn't trade you. Probably for a reason. If they don't sign Rizzo, you're the well, first. Well, they might baseman. not have gotten a better option, but they were they were definitely shopping him. No, no, yeah, that's true. They were definitely shopping him, of course. But like, if 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 you know you're on the team, this team has a chance to go to the World Series, and if they don't re-sign Rizzo, you're the first baseman of the future. And honestly, if they do, and I don't, I, I don't think they're gonna sign Rizzo. I just don't. I just well, don't we have to see. I mean, it's so it's it, guys. He's, he's, you know, it's it's super early. You're it's sensitive. super early, that's but also I think you know two things. One, the Yankees stayed under the threshold, super important. So now they can just go over the threshold. You know, they're gonna have to pay a little bit of a penalty, but they can go over the threshold and not pay as severe a penalty as they would. And when they go over, you go over. I think and two, yeah. I think that that threshold is gonna get, it's gonna be uh, raised the, the, yeah. during the if CBA there's not, if there's not a strike. If there's not but a strike. Yeah. But I think that's going to happen. I think both sides want it to be raised, honestly. Yeah. Um, but they should also implement a floor. That's a conversation for another day. Um, there was one other thing I was going to bring up real quick, and then we'll wrap up. We actually had, we did, you know, unlike most times, we did we did pretty good on time yeah, this time. 41. Is that 40? Yeah, oh, nice. 41. Um, going to edit down a little bit, too. The Yankees have played extremely well against the White Sox this year, which um, bodes well for them, I think, in the playoffs. I think, I think a lot of people are expecting the White Sox to be – you know, one of the favorites to go all the way. Yeah. But besides that one game in Iowa where Britain, you know. That one game in Iowa. What a great game, by the way. It was a great Oh, game. my God. And also, it got the most regular season views out of any game over the past 16 years. It had 6 million views. Really? That was back when regular season games got that. I mean, it was a terrific game, I will you say. You know, and it was it was nostalgic. And, the you know, watching it on Fox with Joe. Say what you want about Joe Buck. There was one point in the game. Did you watch? Uh, I watched some of it. Okay, just, there yeah. was there was one point in the game. It was the best part of the whole game. You ready for this? This shit was so funny, bro. I'm watching the game. Joe Buck's talking, right? He's just like, well, the Yankees here, like, blah, blah, blah. And then you just hear in the back, fuck you, Joe Buck, you're a fucking hater. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the fact that they called him a hater is the, was the best that's, part. That's the most New York, like, you know it's some guy from New York. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I, I, I um, because everybody thinks that Joe Buck hates their team. I think I think I, Joe I think Joe that, Buck I think that's stupid. I just Joe don't think Buck, he adds anything. No, I like, think I think that when you hear Joe Buck's voice, you think big game. Yeah, because he's just big been game. there for a long time. I know, but he's I don't know. I, I don't think he's good. I, I think he adds absolutely nothing. I think the, I think his biggest flaw is when he tries to interview somebody. He does a terrible job interviewing people. But other than other than that, like anyway, the, my point is that the Yankees went 
the Yankees have only lost one game to the White Sox this year. Other than that, they kind of like spanked them around, especially their bullpen. Um, so that bodes well for them. That was even before when the Yankees were playing bad, were, were playing poorly. Well, they're probably if they make it to the playoffs, they're probably going to. So that's that's why I bring it up. So you're right about the Athletics. The Athletics are scary. Um, and look, the Yankees should have won this division this year. I don't know if they're going to. They dug themselves this hole. If they lose to the Athletics in the wild card, that's on them. That's on them playing poorly for half of the season. But they played them in the wild card before and they've beaten them. I like the Yankees' chances. I like their chances, but I don't think anybody's beating the Dodgers. Cool. Well, cool. All right. All right. That's it. That's it. Season two, episode six of the Loaded Bases podcast. You can catch us on Instagram. That's our most active area. Uh, loaded bases pod that's that's what we are on instagram uh catch clips we do you know some cool stuff there also follow us on twitter uh follow me on instagram at shiver my tims b follow alessandro at what is it uh Dro Dro de Gennaro. Gennaro. De Gennaro. uh and yeah hit us up we we, you know, we talk to you we like to talk so we're <laughs> bored lonely so there you go all right Je veux un homme like you, bad boy, tu sais que tu me plais un homme.